loud. I got the same deal, man. Welcome to the family with Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brampernard, and Mike Bryant. Our very special guest, Karen Knotts, up next with the family. Want to do a spot? Sure. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant. There were there were over the weekend at least six deaths on the roads in Minnesota. Um, primarily, they're tied to speed. Some are tied to uh, whether or not somebody was drinking or not, but primarily it's speed. And what happens in this time of year, especially when temperatures are going up and down, is suddenly you get ice patches where you didn't know they were. And so when you have that change in temperature, a good day to colder at night, it's just dangerous out there. And the key is, is people need to slow down, give themselves time, and make sure everybody gets their home safe. Michael Bryant. Brad John Bryant. Walter.com. I knew you'd throw it in. <laughs> Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. This Thursday, the return of Mike Gelfand. I'll be working with him for the first time in years because he won't get up before noon. But, you know, other than that. He's got that that Minnesota work ethic. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. But, yeah, getting Gelfand back is wonderful. We already got Bob back on the show. Oh, Bob's back on? On the morning show. Well, he does, he does Friday. Uh, Fridays into the he NFL. Talks game. about the Vikings, your yes. former team that you've now left and I've completely left just, in the dust. No, thank you. Abandoned them. They looked great this weekend. Abandoned them. Did they, they really did look good. <clears throat> they did. Did and they Cousins win? Look, yeah, they did. They won. What? They yeah, they blew beat, out. Seattle. They beat Seattle. They they actually beat Seattle pretty handily. They did. Wow, yeah, I didn't even watch. look at the score. <clears throat> wow. I don't know Indeed. what I was doing this weekend. I'm about to set a new career record for myself. A career record. It's a career record for me right now, ladies and gentlemen. After talking to Karen Knotts, I've talked to two generations of the Knotts family, so I'm very happy about that. Karen, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. I'm glad to hear that. Now, see, you're the, you're the second Knotts that I've talked. Although I, I grew up with a family called with Knotts, but their name was K-N-O-T-Z. So, you know. That's close. Okay. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> yeah, that's different. Tied up in knots, my dad and me, 
Karen Knotts tells the full story of her father, Don Knotts. Much has been written about Don Knotts' career, especially about his iconic role as Barney Fife on The Andy Griffith Show, but personal views into the man himself are few and far between. Karen, it's so great of you to call because I, several members of my family, my lovely wife Catherine brought it up, the kids brought it up, my friends brought it up, because I was not on the KQ Morning Show the day that you were there. I missed that day, which made me... A little upset because I really was looking forward to talking to you. So now I get my chance to talk to you. And uh, yeah, no, here's your chance, and it's my chance too. <laughs> <laughs> here's our chance. Your your father probably didn't have a bigger fan than me because he just he played that role. No one could have played that role the way your father did. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's a character he created. You know. Indeed. Also, my wife did point out. Don's difficult childhood in an abusive home, his escape into comedic performance, becoming a household name, his growth as a feature film actor, his failing health, and his family life throughout, leading to touching and hilarious moments that will make the reader laugh and cry. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, oh, Catherine, you're the one that brought it up to me that, that Don and I had kind of a similar upbringing. Yes, it did. I, I read a little bit of the bio. <clears throat> so basically, Karen... Uh, when I was a kid, they basically liked to point out my dad was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. What do you think of that? Well, I don't think that's a very polite way of putting it. Well, I'm just telling you what they said to me. That's just how it was, right? <laughs> Karen, how was that for you? I, 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 I kind of know how it feels, but I want to hear your take on the whole thing. Well, um, my dad was he was a wonderful dad, and he did talk about his childhood sometimes, but he kind of focused more on the funny stories because he had yeah. an older brother. His nickname was Shadow, and Shadow was his inspiration for comedy. Shadow was really funny. He also kind of a little bit bitter because he didn't have a chance to have an, a college education, even though they lived practically in the backyard of West Virginia University. Their mother ran a boarding house because they were terribly poor. It was during the Great Depression, and um, their father was, you know, technically mentally ill. And he was he was a terrifying figure in the house that they lived in. Mm -hmm. And then his older brothers uh, had to struggle. They had to drop out of school to help out, you know, and all this. So it was all these struggles. But my dad was naturally funny and just. But he didn't know how to control his humor. He was like he would he would whenever he was scared, which was a lot of the time, people would laugh. Right. You know? mm -hmm. And so <laughs> yeah, he was frightened. And so that was kind of the. I think the beginning of Barney Fife, just just being that you know that frightened, excitable guy, uh, making people laugh, and that kind of put it in his mind. Oh, I can make people laugh by being you know frightened or being excitable. So that's how it started. I think. Um, it seems like a lot of professional um, people with the kind of background that your father had, it really exhausts them to bring. Yeah, that in into their roles. When he was at home, was he was he exhausted or was he the same guy? Well, during those years, uh, he was on the show for five years. His whole focus was on the show because it was so all encompassing, and he they worked twelve hours a day often. Wow! And so you know, but but he even though he wasn't there a lot, he was there for us all the time. You know, we never felt abandoned. We never felt alone. In fact, I keep my father on his lines, because, you know, he had a lot of lines all the time. But it's interesting, I'm glad you asked that question. That's a question I don't get very often, but yes, it was exhausting uh, to, 
to, to do that. And they actually, they worked on really two shows a week, if you can believe that, because they did so many more shows per season than they do today. How many, how so many shows what, were they doing a they season? Got to the end of that, they were already doing a read-through for the next week's show during that same week. Oh, God. So he was always working on lines during the weekend, you know. How many shows were they doing a season? <clears throat> I, let's see. I, I, I'm not sure. I can't tell you without looking at the book, but sure. I, it was a lot. It, I have it in the book. Okay. But it was quite a bit more than we do nowadays. <laughs> So, Karen, it was not, you know, looking at, at the book, uh, the, your father and, and I kind of went through the same situation with our fathers, but also the gift that your father gave me, my best friend, a matter of fact, our son Andy, who was with us today, and our daughter Alex. Andy was named after my best friend as a kid, and I cannot tell you how many times he begged me to stop coming up to him going, Andy, 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 because I did it all the time. <laughs> Oh yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy. How, that how much of that character Barney Fife really was your father? Well, um, not very much. Um, not 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 really very much at all, except for it was inside of him. Like I said, you yeah. know, as a child, he was that character. Um, growing up, but as a man, not very much at all, because he was a very sophisticated guy, and he was quiet, he was reserved, and shy, very shy, and that's what I have in the book, you know, that um, people, when they, they would see us in a restaurant sometimes, and they would see, and they, I would even, I would always look and notice who, who saw my dad in the restaurant, right? Right. And you could always tell when somebody spotted him, and you could see them leaning in to have a little conference, like, should we or shouldn't we go over, you know? <laughs> and then they would very timidly start walking over, and they, they would expect this Barney Fife-like guy to jump out of his chair, and you know, and stuff. And then they would say, <clears throat> excuse me, Mr. Knotts? <laughs> and my dad would just turn around, very sweet smile, you know, and look right at them, and they would be just shocked, you know, that mm. it wasn't Barney Fife sitting there, you know? Um... But he was, he was just this very timid person, you know. But he, at the same time, confident as, at the same time, you know, because he, he was sort of this, had this sort of, like, duality about him where he was worldly and he was famous, but, but inside he was shy and timid. It was really interesting to see all these different sides of my father. What, what was his normal situation concerning guns? Because a lot of comedy he did with guns yeah you know his true, movies man. and even yeah. his barney fight he did true. a lot of things yeah. his guns how did he feel normally about guns well i'll tell you a line <laughs> that i have in my show which which was true um he would you know be often at these autograph shows people would always want to give him a bullet right oh yeah and one so, bullet yeah one bullet <clears throat> yep when everybody would give him a bullet and one time i was visiting him and I, I, uh, he said, I said, Dad, would you please sign an autographed picture for my friend uh, downstairs? The guy at the desk wanted a, a picture. And he said, sure, honey, we, uh, um, let me just get a, a pen out. So he went to pull out the drawer, and the drawer was stuck, right? <laughs> and he just kind of, finally, he yanked on that drawer, and all the, these bullets came flying out. <laughs> and I said, Dad, what's all this? And he said, 
He explained that the people in the autograph line the night before had all given him a bullet. He said, what am I going to do with all these bullets? I don't even have a gun. (laughs) (laughs) He never owned a gun, but it was funny because he and Andy were best friends, you know, and Andy was a hunter. Andy liked to shoot, but my dad didn't. So they were very different in that way. Hmm. He never owned a gun. Hmm. Never had any interest in it. Yeah, it's so interesting, I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up because I had heard in the past that that Andy Griffith could be kind of hard to work with, but your father never did have a problem with him, from what I understand. No, not at all. It was just the, just the opposite. I mean, Andy, Andy was the most perfect straight man that ever lived. Right. Because he, he knew how to get the best responses out of Barney, and and, and for the other characters, too, and... You know, Andy was this really fascinating man to me. Whenever I would see him on the set, he was he was so complex. And I had a little part on, on in Return to Mayberry, and hmm. I had a scene with Andy Griffith. And I was so nervous and excited because, to me, Andy was just... I was over the moon about Andy Griffith, you know? <laughs> and I wanted to get it perfect. And so I was playing a secretary to Opie, who is now a grown-up right. guy, you know, sure. in May, Return to Mayberry, right? And um, he's the editor of the newspaper. So I had this line, and, and Andy was saw that I was nervous, you know, and I wasn't doing it very well. And so he suggested that I eat a cookie during the scene. And so, like a secretary, you know, somehow secretaries are always eating. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like they're trying to hide feed you. Know? So, so I was eating a cookie while I was talking to him, and all of a sudden my character just came right out. It was just like natural all of a sudden. Oh, you're Mr. Taylor's Mr. Taylor. I mean, his father. <laughs> you know, and it was like this character just burst right out of me just based on that suggestion from him. Well, he's a hell so of an actor, I, no I, doubt. He was doing that for the other people, I'm sure, on the set, you know, giving them suggestions like that. How did uh, how did your father handle it? I mean, obviously he was very happy about it, but once he did leave the Andy Griffith show... Uh, and then, so how many movies did he make? Every one of his movies, I just, I had a ball watching those movies. Oh, yeah, I know. they were. And, you know, well, okay, let me first answer your question. That, um, well, leaving the Andy Griffith show was to him a natural thing because they had signed a five-year contract. Right. Andy kept saying he was never going to, you know, go any further. He changed his mind, but in the meantime, uh, my dad got an offer for this five-picture deal from Lou Wasserman at Universal. Oh. And um, was going to get to be the creative, you know, have creative control. Mm. He didn't make very much money. I think they shortchanged him on the money part, but he got to be in control, and that was something that was very important to him. Um, so he, he was all of a sudden, now he was the boss, whereas before he was a second banana, which he loved too. But this was a whole different thing for him, and he loved it, and... So that was at a time, a very interesting time in the in the film industry where all of these family-friendly films were the thing. I mean, all the kids went to see these oh, movies yeah. and they made, you know, movies with, with um, Disney pictures and all these things. And I remember seeing them, too. And so, but, Dad, these pictures fit right in with that. But as soon as he got to the end of that five-picture deal, suddenly that went out of style. All these family shows. They weren't making the family pictures anymore, so it was right on the edge of that. And then all of a sudden, the industry started to change, and it got, you know, kind of more adult in nature and stuff. 
so so all of that changed right you got right in on the end of that but then he went back to television and had another starring role in a huge sitcom right well before even that happened well the, the um the, the variety shows came to be right right okay. oh yeah so um so what filled in the gap with the families was the variety shows because at that time the families they only had one tv right right uh every every family had one tv because they couldn't afford two tvs at that point yet usually so they had to come up with entertainment that was good for the whole family so you had mom and dad you had teenagers and you had little kids so the variety show format covered all those ages right so they had uh, they had a host and you had guest stars and the guest stars were usually movie stars from the previous era so you had all of these movie stars who had been famous now they were becoming famous all over again and then you had um sketches okay and the sketches were fun for the kids so the sketches were almost vaudevillian in nature and they borrowed from the vaudeville days mm. all this all this material from the vaudeville so um so dad and was 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 being asked to do, and he did tons of these variety shows. There was like Donnie and Marie, uh, oh my gosh, I can't even think of all of them right now, but mm-hmm. of course the pinnacle to all that, and pretty much the most successful one everyone agrees to it, is the Carol Burnett show, which actually came at the end of all of that, and she, she brought in a whole new life to the variety show. But, um, so that's how, those variety shows kept my dad working in between, uh, the movies, and then finally when he got on Three's Company. You know, it's amazing, Karen, you just mentioned a favorite of my wife's because uh, she was on this very show we're on now. We had Carol Burnett on, uh, and, well, Catherine, you take over. It's a great story. Oh, well, I grew up watching that show with my family. Like you said, everybody sat around the television because, well, first of all, televisions were huge. Right. Yeah, they're huge TV, <laughs> remember? <laughs> the console took up half the wall in the living out. room. Yep. had a hi-fi in it. Do you remember yeah. hi-fi? Oh, yeah. Well, it was a centerpiece rather than an appliance. Oh, it weighed totally a, was. weighed a little bit. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and if you were, yeah, if you were lucky, you had one that had all the... All the cool cabinetry and stuff, mm-hmm. but and the pictures That's were just right. and yeah, the pictures but... were just terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they really were bad. The color was horrendous. But I, I, I just I remember that that was you know it was a wonderful world of Disney. Carol yeah, Burnett yeah. show. Yep. I came home from school and watched Mayberry RFD, on I think it was mm-hmm. yeah the after school mm-hmm. shows along Gilligan's Island and all that stuff. Sure. But um, the Carol Burnett show was one of my dad's favorites. He used to just laugh so hard at that. And when we got to have her on this show, I, I asked her if oh, she yeah. would say happy birthday to him. Which is his birthday is next week, too. Uh, yeah, yeah next so week. I played it for his, I think it was his 90th birthday, it was, maybe? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah he's going to be 95 in a couple of, mm-hmm. in, a, in a week or so. And uh, I played it for him, and he's like, well, how did you get that accomplished? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I talked to him today. I don't, I don't know if you know what we're doing here, but we talked to people. No, I don't people. think so. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. And Did then, he keep that? Uh, Andy still has it. And Somewhere. I, I, play it for, I, I played it for him, I don't know, five or six times, and he just couldn't wrap his head around the fact that Carol Burnett knew who he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so oh cute. God. It was oh. adorable. <laughs> 
But, I, you know, I, Karen, I, at the very beginning, I talked about the fact that I interviewed your father many, many years ago. I've been in radio for 50 years now, as a matter of fact. So it, I've been around a while. But your father could not have been more pleasant. He was very forthcoming. Yeah. You, you didn't have any questions that he didn't want to answer. He, he, he was a terrific, well, much like you, Karen. He was a great interview. Well, thank you. And that also says something for you, I must say, because my dad wasn't always a good person to interview because people would ask him the same questions over and over right. or things like that. And he, he really, frankly, was burned out on all those questions. So sometimes he would just kind of give very short answers. But, you know, I always <laughs> so, want to so know. You must have given a good interview. Well, yeah. I got lucky because I, I am actually interested in, you know, like you, Karen Knotts, what you do every day, how you uh, you go about. I'm that stuff fascinates me. You grew up a lot different than I did. You grew up a lot different than your father did. So when you look back at your life, it must, in in general, even though your father did did have you know some struggles with his with your grandfather, uh, it was quite a way to grow up, I would imagine. Well, you mean for me growing up? For you, yes. Well, yeah, it was. It was. It was very different. And I grew up in Glendale, California, and it was funny. But I just was just like any other kid in school. I mean, everybody knew who my father was, and and you know, and they knew he was famous. But nobody bothered me about it. I felt like just any other kid in school, you know. And so I was very lucky because I think now it's different. But um, oh yeah, sometimes though. People Sometimes people would come in and knock on the ring of the door and ask for an autograph, you know, which was really, really, I just thought that was weird. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> yes. But then um, when I got into high school, um, you know, but as I got a little older, then, you know, then the Andy Griffith Show fans started following me around, which Ooh. kind of... Um, mm was a problem for me because I, I didn't have the confidence to just be myself. And then when I got into high school, we moved to Beverly Hills. My dad got a house in Beverly Hills. Oh. All of a sudden, I was with all these kids that were whose fathers were more famous than mine. And then I felt like, <laughs> like a nobody again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story, so I went, Like a regular kid to being really super annoyed about people and talk about Barney Fife all the time. So then being really annoyed about people not knowing anything about my dad. <laughs> yeah, I suppose or not, that's or true. Or being like, being like not important at all with all these kids having more famous fathers than mine. Karen, you know what's amazing about that? As you look back, there was ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox wasn't even around yet. <clears throat> so that's what everybody right. watched. I mean, the Beatles appeared on Ed Sullivan in that same era and drew, I believe, 72 million viewers, wow. which is rather impressive. Right. And right. you, you yeah. look at it now. We just, uh, I don't know if you know who Craig Gass is, a great comedian. He does great impressions. And he, I mean, just brilliant impressions. His name is Craig Gass. Yeah, he's very, very good. As a matter of fact, he grew up being a. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, there's a possibility. He just he grew up. His mother, father, and sister are all deaf, so he learned to speak oh. in many different voices just by listening. Because they all oh. had, had you know affected speech because of their, the loss of hearing. They didn't ha they couldn't hear at all. Uh -huh. So he learned to right. imitate other people, and he's one of the most brilliant uh, people at that job on earth. But what wow. we discovered last he was in town last week, and we discovered. He was doing, he does this brilliant Christopher Walken impression. 
But what's sad is pe- really? people under 40 have no idea who Christopher Walken mm. even is. That's how widespread oh, we are. I know. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That is weird. I know. That's very weird. Karen, do you have 10 more minutes? Because uh, we so- we got we to gotta take a quick break. Do you have 10 more minutes? Well, that's up to Art. You know, he's my yeah, item. What does Art have to say, Andy? I don't know what he has to say. I haven't heard Art. anything. So I assume so. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll we'll find out, Karen, and we'll 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 follow okay. the rule of the day, whatever it is. We'll be right back more with okay. Karen Knotts. I'll just be here. The book is called <laughs> Tied Up in Knots: My Dad and Me. It's available right now. You can just go to Amazon.com. A M Z N to uh, yeah. Just we'll take care of the whole thing. You can uh, you order the book. It's been out for about six days now. Right back more with Karen Knotts. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender. Listen up, drivers. Are you doing the same thing every day, driving the same hours, making the same money? Well, stop and listen. Priority Courier Experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now. So if you're a professional driver or determined to become one, we can show you the benefits of partnering with Priority. Hey, Forrest, can you tell the good drivers of the Twin Cities which vehicles Priority has available in their lease-to-own program? Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forest, we have dock trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain-side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba, I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. There you go. Karen, are you still with us? I'm still here. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Because uh, Art said you do have to move on to your next interview, but I just want to come back and thank you. What a great honor it is to uh, to, to talk to you about this. And uh, we we try to follow the rules. You know, if Art needs you to move on, you move oh, on. Of but one of these days, we got to talk again, Karen. Thank you for your thank time you. today. Yes. Uh, by the <laughs> way, my website is karennotts.com if you want to mention that or come back to that we can do that karen k-n-o-t-t-s karen knots.com karen thank you very very much appreciate your time thank you for having me bye what a sweetheart of a person yep. very nice isn't that great her father's mm-hmm. a big tv star big movie star then back to big tv star didn't affect her she's the nicest person on earth she sounds exactly like my neighbor really mm-hmm. or her dad so much like my neighbor 
I drove Andy Fisher nuts. Every time he'd do something, I'd go, Andy, Andy, Andy. Andy, Andy. <laughs> drove him crazy. See, now there's a good example for you, ladies and gentlemen. This is a woman who grew up in Beverly Hills. Well, first of all, in Glendale, then Beverly Hills. Family had a lot of dough. Father, very famous. Is she a complete pain in the ass? No, she's a great person. Well, you never know. To us. In an interview, she could be lovely. Oh, listen to you. She's sincere as a god. Such a pessimist. I'm totally kidding. She seems like a very, very nice person. She really does. I tell you what, though, you bring talking uh, talking about the Carol Burnett deal. That is, so you do have that to play for for Don on his ninety fifth birthday. Well, yeah. You should find that so we can play that yeah. because his birthday is coming up again. It was almost exactly five years ago. Yet another was, birthday yeah. coming around the corner. He's had a few. Yeah, sure <laughs> he's had yeah, ninety five of them. Keep happening. That's another example, though. Carol Burnett, mo- one of the most successful TV people of all time. And you yep. would never Arguably. know it. You'd never yep. know. It's the nicest person you'd ever want to talk. She mm-hmm. is a wonderful her. human being, and everybody who's ever worked with her, to my understanding, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's somebody that's disgruntled someplace. They just loved working with her. Mm-hmm. Well, she had Harvey Corman, she had you know Tim uh, Tim Conway, Tim Conway. I mean that whole well, the Vicky, way, yeah. Vicky, Vicky Lawrence, Lawrence. Vicky Lawrence yeah. yeah, she got Great. you know how she got on that show. Who Vicky Lawrence? Yeah, no, she kept she kept writing to Carol Burnett saying. Hire me, please hire me. I really want to be on your show. I I don't I don't have hardly any experience. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I know I know I can do this. And she was great. She hired her. That's there you go. That's Carol Burnett right there. And she was a f- she was fabulous on that show. You know, a lot of times. Nah, I shouldn't say a lot of times. Sometimes you ask people, could you just say a quick hello to my father, Don Brandt? It'd be nice to go. Oh, you know, I would, but I'm really in a in a bind here. A lot of them won't do it. Nah, I shouldn't say a lot of. Some of them won't do it. Most of them will do it. But, I mean, Carol Burnett was the biggest TV star of her time. Well, no and, getting around, man. And watching that show, they would crack up so hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would try to not crack up so hard. You could tell that they actually enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That, was, that wasn't that was faking it. Yep. it. There's just no way because they would just sit there and they would be, you could, you could see that they were, like, biting the inside of their cheek, anything to try not to crack up. No, must, she and Lucy were pretty iconic for oh female. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, Lucy yeah. was Most one of those tortured people, yeah. though, where I think Carol Burnett just yep. enjoyed life. But they had a lot of interaction between the two of them. Did they? Yeah, from what I was watching a documentary with Lucy, and they had a lot of lot of advice to give each other at different times. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. So. Carol Burnett had to sue somebody one time, a newspaper reporter, because he reported that she was drunk and belligerent, and oh, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't true. Right. Yeah, that's right. It never didn't happened. She have made some, it up. Like, uh, didn't she have some medical condition that was... Yeah, that might have been right. You I think it was right a medical that. condition that, that they said was her drunk, but it wasn't. It was some something else that she had. Oh. Carol, well, uh, how old is Carol Burnett now? She's still around. She's 88. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say late yeah. 80s. She's still writing and doing stuff and having... She's Rainbow giving time. talks and what a sweetheart! It's unbelievable. She is terrific. When she came out, what's that one scene when she comes out and she's supposed to be all dressed up in this fashion gown and it turns out to be a curtain rod? Oh, she was she was that. doing a spoof on Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind. That's yeah. what it was. Gone, that with, was the gone with the Wind spoof. Yeah, she's wearing a curtain rod. And she, mm-hmm. was Bob Mackie her designer? Because I, I think so. That, yeah, that might have been where oh, really? where he got his start wow. was on her show. You might be right. You might be right about that. Which, but she, that's speaking why I love of that. designers, have you seen Cruella yet? 
No. You should see that. That's such a good so movie. That's a great movie. Good. That oh really gosh. is a good movie. It's a cartoon. No, it's no, not a cartoon. it's not. It's no. not. It's live You're action. You're a cartoon. Yeah. It's live no, action. Yeah. <laughs> you, you will like it when you watch it. I You will be shocked and you will like it. All right. I, I, can, I will watch it. I will guarantee I think he would like it. it. I will guarantee he will like it. I like the women in it. They're both yeah. very good actors. Oh, they're well, first, just really the, good. The car, the car, the ca- yeah. The I'm, car. I'm what still madly on the, oh, the car. It's a car. really the great looking car. I don't know what it is. It's a good car. <laughs> it's a Deville. It, what? It's a Deville. Yeah, it's well, really Deville. old though. Yeah, that's how they got the name. Oh, well, I did not know that. That's part of the movie. The Panther Deville. I that was should watch the movie like again. Oh, that's right. Now I remember. We did actually, watch that again. That's really funny because all morning I've been singing the Cruella Deville song. Oh yeah, it's a cool yeah. song. Which yeah. I, Which I knew don't that know song why. from as a kid. I don't know why, but I did. Yeah. Oh my god, that car is gorgeous. Isn't it yeah. the most gorgeous Woo! car? But no, you should see that movie. It's a it's very, a really, very really good, good movie. movie. I was shocked how good that was. It's so good. Well, and the soundtrack is amazing. So sixty Devilles. There's only 60 in all of, them? of the world. Yes. Oh, wow. that's why it's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> How much? Can't have one. Every last one was hand built. Oh my. How wow. much did it cost, Andy? Uh, I don't know. If Let's you see who has one. Jay Leno. He'll yeah, have exactly. one. Yeah, Jay Leno has Jay, one. Reggie right. Jackson. Reggie Probably. Jackson buys well, lots of cars. Well, here's one that was for auction. Let's see. When was this? Uh, 2013. Oh wow! It was up for auction for seventy thousand, and no one bought it. What? Wow. What a bargain. Uh, Bring it by, I'll buy it right now. It was in Fort Lauderdale, too. <gasps> it was? You could have bought oh, it. Wow. Maybe it was oh, in bad shape. God. Was it in bad shape? It must have been. Well, the, by the picture, it looks fine to me. It was through it had Sotheby's, a of course. engine. The suspension well, was yeah, falling I'm out. I'm sure it probably didn't drive, if I had to guess. I guarantee you, if I bought that car, I promise you, if I bought that car, I would buy the, one of those big... Wide brim hats and wear it cock like Al Capone. Mm. <laughs> Why don't you they just do that was... in your mafia car that you've got now? I have a mafia car. Now I have a family vehicle. It's it was inspected and serviced by Jaguar. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful Seven car. 8,000 miles on it. I'm, I'm not really a car you know, like crazy person, but that car. That's a great looking car. It's like if somebody gave me that car, for I would, I would like it. For $70,000, yeah, that's pretty crazy. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're not worth very much money. That's interesting. Yeah, it looks oh, really nice. Oh, it's just beautiful. Well, I suppose but you couldn't I mean, take it anywhere. That's crashed. the problem. Well, no? it's like the old Jags. They were very stylish cars. I mean, they really were. You know what you'd have to do with that? You, you could literally, if you lived on Palm Beach Island, you could drive No, that you car. can't drive that here. Not here well, or, you don't want or it, off the island. You don't want any salt spray on that car. No, no. <laughs> no you don't. Oh, there's a, Plus, people would spit on you. There's one in England that's for sale for $125,000. That's it? Or pounds. Yeah. God, oh. you would think that that so would be like millions. You can't get any gas to run it, though. Uh, my birthday's know? coming up, Catherine. I just want you to They're know. like questioning whether they can drive places in England right now because they don't know if they'll oh, get really? back because they can't get gas. Mm. Apparently it's a huge issue right now with gas in England. Have you heard that there's a whole ton of ships right on the yeah. coast yep. of California and they're not letting them get unloaded? That's correct. Was new, Nobody I know that was before I, but that's happening again now? Yes. And if, I mean, and there's all these rumors on the internet that it's the Biden administration is forcing shortages for some strange reason. Oh, I don't know God. what that is. What I don't know. I just why won't they unload the ships? I don't know. I know. I know. Before there was an issue with dock workers and COVID, but that was earlier. I boy, I haven't heard anything They're recently outside, about that. They use cranes. 
Uh, seems like it would be fairly safe 56 outside. 56 cargo ships. Wow. Stuck off. 56 and of them. Just off of the and California coast. And it's the coast. government. It's the, admin, it's the Biden say administration why? saying that they can't unload them. Um, there aren't any Haitians on them. Are, are they why. saying because the people haven't been tested on the ships? I mean, we're letting people well, in by the tens They're, of thousands without and being they, tested. Some of them do have COVID, too. So, yeah. Uh, apparently, a lot of it is because of the labor shortage. It's a labor issue. So it is the government doing issue. it. It's just mm-hmm. not a direct, you know. You pay people not to work, they're not going to work. That's how it works. Does it? Ironically, that is how it works. Ironically. Dan was at a Jimmy John's the other day. That's Fawn lo- lost her first tooth on a Jimmy John's sandwich. On a Jimmy John's sandwich, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, she was eating, and I heard a crunch, and she looked at me. It was like, had yeah. this blank stare, and her tooth was just dangling there. Nice. Um. But yeah, on the door, it was like they had just, you could tell that the employees just printed this out. Like it was not approved by Jimmy John's, I don't think. And it was like, due to the state of the world, we are very short staffed. Mm-hmm. Please be kind to the people that did choose yeah. to show up yeah. for work. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the average uh, wait time per ship is eight days. Whoa. Wow. wow. I was at yeah. a, I was at a fresh it, did, time. Is that normally a thing they oh. used to do in one day? Uh, I'm guessing. I mean, that's a huge port. That's a very huge port, yes. Wow. Um, I was at a fresh thyme market, and the woman, there was like, I don't know, eight people standing in line. And I said, could you please call somebody up? And she says, I would if we had anybody that showed up today other than me. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah, they have to stop with the unemployment. Yeah, when is that? They really, yeah, they really have to, to stop. A lot of states, it has stopped, but Minnesota Minnesota, of course, it up. yep, decided. Yeah. Keep I, paying people not to work. I don't think they're going to stop it. Well, you they know, don't the, want people to work because they want small businesses to go out of business. Uh, so all the megacorps in their pocket can swoop in and take over everything. Oh, boy. <laughs> but a life. That's, did you hear... Um, how Joe Biden did a speech a few days ago or whatever, and he was talking about how Florida, I think he was in Florida, I don't know, he was talking about Florida, he was talking about how um, hurricane season is coming. Coming? Yeah. He's like, hurricane season is coming, and you want to know what he said. the three that already hit? You know what he said the best thing to do to prepare for hurricane season was? What? Get vaccinated. Oh, my God. Of course that's what he said. (laughs) I, politicians Dan just get away from me. Dan showed me the audio last night, and he just started cracking up. Because he's like, this has just got to the point. It's really insane. Where it does, it's so ridiculous. I'm surprised he didn't say, prepay your taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, the hurricane season is coming, and the best thing you can do to prepare is to get vaccinated. It's like, it wouldn't what? be great if the hurricane came at and you're vaccinated and just went like, right no, around no, you. Yeah, if you're mind. stuck in your house because of a hurricane... You're not catching anything. You know what's oh so God. funny is the national media gives Florida like I mean it make I mean it's hilarious how much time they spend on hating on Florida. It's a Repu- they don't move Wait, there. Va- vaccination rates in Florida are just as high as Minnesota. Yeah, they They're are. They're just as high, yep. and people are. But so many people are dying. It's like there's a ton more people in Florida yeah, than so you market. think. Well, that's like when we like went almost to, thirty million. It's like yeah. the yeah. fifth more most people, populous state, I think, or I th- something yeah. like third. Yeah, I no, think maybe it's fourth. Th- maybe fourth. I think it, it's gotten way up there. Let's see. Yeah. A lot of New Yorkers that like. Where we are in Palm Beach County. That's true. They all go oh there. Oh, my God. Well, crazy. they all move they there. They Third most populous yeah. state. Yes, third most populous. Third, third most third populous. Over, it's, yeah. It beats out New York. Yep. Well, that was like mm-hmm. when we went it's there California, last year. 
When we California, Texas, then California. Texas, then Florida. Yeah. California, Texas, and wow. Florida. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's you weird. notice they're all beneath the Mason-Dixon line where all the heat is? Well, <laughs> That's where everybody moved now. It's like, hey, it's warm down here. Well, New York's fourth, isn't it? New York is fourth. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the immigration. And it's so much smaller. New York is so much smaller. Pennsylvania than is fifth. Fifth? Yeah, Pennsylvania yeah. would be fifth. Not a close fifth, though. I oh, don't no. yeah. give me that <laughs> knowing nod. He looks at me and goes, hey, there are two people. Oh, there's a person and a business. It's their birthday today, right? The business' and the birthday? Business? A business's birthday and our friend's birthday. Today is Tino Lettieri's birthday. Oh, happy huh? birthday, happy Tino. birthday, Tino. Tino Lettieri, one of my favorite people in the world. He's a lovely man. He is. Married he to Louis and actually Francine and Louis's daughter. Thank you. you. I was like, yeah, he's not married to Louis. I would say that's fair. <laughs> no, I, I was going to go Louis Francine, but I went Francine Louis just to piss him off. But, but in any case, no, uh, Tino is one of my favorite people on earth. Just a lovely man. So, a birthday for a business. Today's the 23rd birthday of. Anybody know? Mm-hmm. Um, no idea. 23rd birthday of Google. Really? That sounds about. Wait, really? No. That's well, their 23rd Google or birthday. Alphabet Incorporated, because a lot of people don't know Alphabet is actually the company that owns that Google. owns Google. Google, I think, is the one that's 23 today. That'd wow. Make, that would make more sense because Alphabet, I'm pretty sure, is actually relatively. Oh well, I mean, technically, it was founded in 2015, but you know, the predecessor. Mm. Yeah. But you did. You find Google is 23. Google LLC. Oh yeah, it's only 23 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, no, that whole... Uh, so you said only 23? So I wouldn't have thought it was 23. Well, it's 1998. That was eight, seven, eight, nine years mm-hmm. after some of them already wow. established. Yahoo, I'm pretty sure, is much older. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yahoo, yeah. Yahoo yeah. I seem to remember. But it can't be that much older. Well, yeah, four like, years yeah. older, yeah. 27 only years. Hmm. How about... Well, before that, it was like, unless you were on a college camp, like an Ivy League college campus, or you were part of the government, yeah. you didn't have access to the internet. That's true. So. How about Ask Jeeves? How old is Was that the, like the first search engine? That was early. Uh, no, yeah. Yahoo was first. Well, Yahoo was Dogpile. first. When was Ask Dogpile? Ask Jeeves was 96. So when, just in the middle. When was Dogpile? Dogpile. I don't remember Dogpile. Also 96. 96. Really? Ask yeah. Jeeves, what was that? What was another early one? Oh. Uh, I know I avoided it like I do now. We have someone on the phone. I don't know who. Someone. Random caller. In. Yep, random caller. Hello, who is it? Hey, it's Eric from Denver. Eric from Denver. Eric from Denver, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Never better. What's the latest? Well, you guys were talking about the uh, ports earlier, and I had read that the uh, ships were out there because they don't have anywhere to put the product because the, there's not enough trucks. Mm, the truck issue. That could so be part of the truck issue as well. So that's a, an unloading issue because there's nobody to unload them. Yeah. It's a trucking issue. It's a parts issue. God, they got all these different Is this issues. called infrastructure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It used to be. Logistics. Mm-hmm. Infrastructure. So, Eric, do they have do they have an idea when this thing might be solved? When we might be back to normal? No, nope. no Not, idea. Uh, in the article I read, there was you know it, it's like anything else. It's just it's a labor shortage. Mm. Yeah, it it is. And somebody told me for about the fifteenth time in the last two years that the trucking industry is going to shut down completely if they don't do something about it. Well, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, and they said you know uh, in, in Europe everything's near. The rivers, the oceans, yeah. but the railways, the railways are uh, 
phenomenal out there, and everything shipped sure. on the railway. Right. Yep. I don't understand why we don't do that more in America, particularly in the western part of the country. There's just nothing out there, including yeah. people. Well, Eric, we appreciate you. On the road for the Tom Bernard podcast, Eric in Denver. See, I just gave you a reporter's <laughs> credit. What do you think? That's, Thanks, guys. The Thank transportation you. issue is a big difference on why you can have such low um, alcohol uh, limits in Europe because you shouldn't oh, yeah. be driving. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, the problem if you put it at, you know, one beer and you make that uh, law in Minnesota or you make that law in the United States is is people don't have a way to get around. Yeah, they you don't. Know? They, I mean, it's... It is pretty Which amazing. is why we've been higher, typically, or we were 0.1 or 0.14 at one point, and now we're 0.08. Oh, Canada's know, so. got a lot of space, and they don't tolerate They're very they strange. Strange. They've, got better, they've got better transportation than we do in a lot of areas, too. That's right. They well, do have Canadian a lot of rail. Yeah. yeah, they do have a lot of trains. Yeah. I love the CP. They have trains and buses, and you know, we, don't, we just have never really gotten that kind of infrastructure done that <laughs> traveling other than in a couple cities. Wasn't yeah. the rail the rail system here primarily used to ship things? Yes, it was all sure. shipping. Yeah. Well, sure. the East Coast yeah. has really great. Rail. Yeah, they do. They have good rail. They do indeed. And the Bright Line's coming back, baby, next month. <laughs> Love the Bright Line. It's not made by Amtrak, is it? No. No, no it's made by. You heard about that? What? The derailment oh, in Montana. No, yeah. Killed oh, three yeah. people. Killed three people. Yeah. yeah. One of the cars How flipped train over. Derail. In yeah, the year 2021. I, I do wonder sometimes how that happens. Yeah, it's like exactly. you're on a rail and then suddenly you're up. I mean, yeah, the like superhero will come by and pop you yeah. over. Or something, I don't know. You know? Is, it, is it because the tracks are in poor shape? Is it because well, I don't know. something to do I mean, with the tracks or the wheels. I, I don't mean, think they've said yet. Yeah, they haven't yeah. figured it out. But, but it is odd. Yeah, A villain came and... <laughs> Flip. Well, the, one of the cars literally flipped over on its roof. Oh, God. That had some Heck. speed going, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, so, I still remember that train I took in from the airport to where you guys are, where oh, I took yeah. the wrong train. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, oh really? you took the tri-rail? I took the other one. It's like, Garbage. there's no way Catherine was on this one. <laughs> no, oh, there was God. not. I mean, I thought it was in, you know. Yeah. The tri-rail is yet again a state train. I mean, state it works. Yeah. 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 But it's disgusting. The one time mm-hmm. in my marriage that I was like, I might leave my husband. <laughs> Was over the, the tri-rail. Mm-hmm. It kept breaking down. It broke down five times oh. from Fort Lauderdale to West Palm Beach, and Fawn was <laughs> a baby, and we had been trapped. It was I like didn't a whole know it was thing. So horrible. And Dan everybody was like, uses it. To Dan, especially to go to the airport. Yeah, everybody Dan does use it. Dan Dan a lot of people are on that train <laughs> yes. with me. Oh yes. A lot of bags, a lot of stuff. Yep, a lot of people. Dan use still that. hasn't <laughs> forgiven my mother for telling us to take it. No, I don't think they tell people to take <laughs> it. They just don't tell people there's two options. Yeah, that's you know? true. Well, there you wasn't another that, option. No, there wasn't. Oh, there, and yeah, then there wasn't. At that point, oh, okay. Scandinavian right. grudge, I call it. Oh, he'll st- yeah, he'll still be yeah, like, yeah, he'll I, be mad I don't for the know rest why of his she life. could just pick us up. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know what I love about that? Is you got Tri-Rail, which I've never been on. I've never even well, been on Tri-Rail. Don't mm-hmm. go on it. And then you got Brightline. Which they bring you a cocktail, right. a sandwich, a little dessert. Mm. It's like a European <laughs> train. It's well, a European train. You told train. me that. And yeah. like, I'm waiting for my cocktail. <laughs> yeah, where's my, my cocktail? My, where, where is, where's my cocktail? I don't know that I would eat or drink anything on this Yeah, the only way you're going to have a cocktail on the tri-rail is if you drink it out of a paper bag. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, pretty much true. One of those pre-mixed cocktails. Yep. yep. I did, Fireball. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a friend Fireball. of mine decided to take the Amtrak. She was so excited. She was mm-hmm. gonna, Her husband and their two little twins were going to take a cross-country trip mm-hmm. on the Amtrak, and they were so excited. They got the overnight car, blah, oh, blah, blah. They were going to go out to see some friend and... Seattle or someplace, and she said she got on the train, looked at their car, and started to cry. (laughs) Really? She said it was dumpy, disgusting, old, shitty, Mm. and very expensive. And very expensive. Yeah, Melissa wants to take a train trip one of these days, and I'm like, are there any non-American trains? Ones are I don't horrible. know if you there's can. Some cool ones in different. I mean, Chicago's got to go here. I don't know. Used Banff. We went in. Yeah, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. in different yeah. countries. Like we took on our yeah, honeymoon. Yeah, Canadian Pacific. Is yeah, nice. on our honeymoon, mm. we went from Germany to Sweden to Denmark. Yeah, on a train. And it was like the train got on a boat and all this stuff. And the we train spent got the on night. a boat? Yeah. yeah. The train went wow. on a boat they and then we went. They ferry it over to the, the train on a boat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's an island. Seems very inefficient. Seems like yeah. having a train here and a train there would be easier, but, you know. Well, it was like to get from Sweden to Denmark, you have to take a boat. Well, I understand that. That and is so right. get off yeah. the train and get on the boat. But then you just the put. Yeah, but then you just pr- actually pretty cool. Train just goes get on the track. How many cars are there on the boat? I don't. There were like a couple hundred people on the boat. Really? Yeah, and you just like got off. It was a huge <coughs> well, ferry, and there was like a restaurant and a bar and duty free huh. area and all that stuff. And yeah, we took it and we slept on it. It was really nice. The, I mean, yeah. the bed, the room was. Minuscule. I'm sure. And the beds, it was like a bunk bed situation. That fold up and down. No, those ones didn't fold. They were permanent, but the room was tiny. But it was like you didn't really spend much time in your room. No. Other than sleeping. We got to take a break. Look at that. Right on time. What do you think of that? We'll be right back with hour two. And of course, in hour two, Kostaki Economopolis. He's going to be whining about the Vikings. I can get. Atlanta won won too. What? We're covering that. Atlanta beat. Did Atlanta win yesterday? Is this the first time in the history of Kostaki being on the show that both of our teams won the same weekend? Did it happen? Yeah, a couple years ago. They they both were pretty good. Falcons. But I'm pretty sure Falcons won yesterday, I think. We'll find out. We'll be back with Kostaki in the second hour.